welcome everyone to the One More Game Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeremy Culver, a.k.a. Darcy, and with me is Texas' most wanted, Isaac Campos. Isaac, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. You know, I had I had to go to the DMV this week, so I wasn't looking forward to that, but then when I showed up, I was in and out in 30 minutes. Wow. I was really surprised. <laughs> so my week, I was expecting a stressful week, um, but... Eh, it was fine, but I know you, you're not doing well today. No, I am definitely sick. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I am not feeling good. And uh, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. it's been a struggle kind of going through the day, but uh, we should be able to get through this podcast and, you know, make sure that our listeners still get the news that they deserve. And I will just rest up quite a bit after this and uh, hopefully feel better tomorrow because I'm, this is supposed to be my anniversary weekend, so I don't want to oh, be sick for my anniversary. Man. Oh weekend. yeah, that's that's just awful timing. Yeah, we, you got two days. You got two days. You'll be fine. Yeah. So hopefully it'll it'll work out. But anyways, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the One More Game podcast. As always, this is a podcast that is centered around making sure you're informed on all the video game news happening all around the world, whether it is Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, or Sega, depending on what goes on. If we think you need to know about it, you will get to know about it. When you're listening to this on your respective podcast services, please hit the follow button or the subscribe button, depending on what it is for that. And if your podcast service allows you to leave reviews, please leave a five-star review and tell people why you love the One More Game podcast, because we enjoy bringing this to you each and every Friday on your respective podcast services that you decide to listen to. We start all of these podcasts off with the same thing every time. So if you're new here, get used to it. If you're returning, you already know what it is. We talk about what we've been playing lately. So Isaac, what have you been playing lately? Man, it's the same as last week. A lot of TV watching this week, but I finished the show. So maybe this upcoming week I'll play more. Uh, All right. Uh, Now, did you... Did you finish the show and just started watching more shows or like it was a lot of TV watching to finish that show? Well, it, it was I finished that show and then I, I caught up today on the what if from Marvel. So now oh, okay. I should have more free time. But, you know, Destiny, same thing. Hit max level on all my characters. So I'm excited about that. Maybe I can Ooh. take a break from that now as that's not um, bothering me, you know. But, you know, I'm kind of disappointed because I played a little bit more of Deathloop and it's not hooking me really it's just i played and i'm in there and i'm okay this is cool um i still think it's because the beginning the couple the first couple hours are very hand holdy mm-hmm. um so it hasn't hooked me yet i'm gonna give it another shot this week and and <laughs> i guess i'll report back again next week um but yeah it's i don't know what it is it's not hooking me um and i've i love the dishonored games um pray i like pray was another game that i really enjoyed i never beat it but i really enjoyed pray so I'm yeah I'm, I'm a little disappointed it's not hooking me but yeah I'm gonna I'm, give it one more go this week and and then we'll see. I'm surprised just based off of you know like especially the first week you talking about it. I know we made the joke obviously about you joking that you've never died in the or you didn't die at all in the tutorial. Um, but you were like saying no, you know maybe. especially at first that you you really liked it. It felt like you know again an arcane game and you really like arcane. You really like the Dishonored. So it's right. it's been interesting hearing you go from how, where you were at you know, the first episode to last episode to this episode, it kind of feels like you're going like downhill on your thoughts yeah. on Deathloop. Maybe, maybe I'm just not in the mood for this time. You know, I don't know what it is, but it just, it hasn't grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Um, like the way I've heard, you know, cause it reviewed really well. 
Yeah. So I was expecting it to just be right into maybe I'm just not feeling it right now. Who knows? But like I said, I'll, I'll maybe you know what? Maybe it's because I actually died eventually. You know, the game made me feel like I was bad at it. So <laughs> blame it on that. Nah, I'm just kidding. But I, yeah, I, I'm gonna give it one more one more try this weekend. Yeah, I I feel like it could be what you're saying. It's like you might not be in the mood. I, you you know you give me crap about this all the time on how I like pick up games and drop games and pick up <laughs> yeah. like and and it's similar to that nature where it's like sometimes I pick up a game and it's like I know I like this game. I know in a sense like I want to play this, but I'm just not feeling it, and I gotta yeah. I gotta go play something else that I'm I'm feeling. So yeah, hopefully it ends up being a better uh better experience for you i guess when you move forward and we'll we'll hear back next week about where you're at in the game and uh if not well you do have one of your games coming out today that maybe you uh will continue to be a problem with you know that's basically it um for myself i uh i've been playing kind of all over the place um one i had haven't been feeling good so like i kind of depends on like where i'm sitting <laughs> is where i decide i'm gonna play that uh, that night uh, and then also uh as i've kind of mentioned before uh my wife is a big life is strange fan so she has the playstation 5 currently out in the living room so i switched her and i have the xbox series s out here uh by my computer so then it kind of has changed up what i'm playing so uh just as a, I guess, a one thing I do want to, like, mention is I played the demo of Voice of Cards, the Isle Dragon Roars. Uh, that was one of the games that got announced at Nintendo's Direct. And with it, the release is coming out in October. And I don't want to, I don't remember it off the top of my head. I think it was October 28th, but I could be wrong. Uh, but they released a demo. And I went and played it. If you guys want to check out the first 15 minutes of it, we have that uploaded over at Press Start's YouTube channel. And I will tell you, man, I went into it kind of just liking the the idea behind it of this, this RPG told through cards. But, man, I really enjoyed what I played of that demo. It's about an hour long, a little bit over an hour long. And it felt like... I was playing like Dungeons and Dragons through a card game and I really enjoyed it. The The narrator does a great job. Uh, there's this one character. It's not a spoiler, so I'm going to like talk about it. But basically in the demo, there's this one town that you enter and the very first character that you interact with uh, is this guy. He's called like the greeter. Uh, and I think the name of the town is Nexton. And he like basically you talk to him. And he's like, welcome to Nexton. And then, like, you know, you have some dialogue options with him real quick. And, and either one you choose. He just says that again. But my favorite one is you're trying to, like, solve a, a thief uh, at that time. And so you, like, one of the dialogue options is, like, have you seen a thief running by with a medicine bottle in his hand? And, like, the narrator is like, oh, the guy is, like, you know, shocked. His eyes widen. And he, like looks left and right and leans closer beckoning you to lean in and then it's like you lean in and he goes welcome to next town <laughs> and i was i lost it i thought that was so funny but yeah it's a great it's a great game i'm really looking forward to it i definitely think i'm gonna pick that up right away uh, i've been playing um some more yakuza like a dragon um still enjoying that so far um don't know how much I'm going to keep playing of it at the moment because I kind of started it because 
I wasn't able to play uh, Tales of Arise because, again, I bought that for PS5, and uh, my wife has the PS5 out in the living room. However, with me being sick, now that I've been out in the living room, I've been playing Tales of Arise, and I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm still really early into it. I think I'm like an hour or two into there, but graphics look awesome. Um, really enjoying the the combat of it. That uh, each Tales game that I've played, I haven't played all of them, but like each Tales game that I've played always seems to have uh, differences in the combat, and this one is no different. There is some slight differences with how they unfold the combat, but. I'm enjoying it so far, and I think that I'm going to keep playing it, and hopefully I'll be able to keep diving into it, and then we'll see like kind of what I play from there. But then outside of that, being when I've been on my PC, I've been playing. Uh, I returned to Dragon Quest XI, um, which it actually had been since January 2020 since I had last played that game. So well over a year, almost two years, and kind of got right into it. And I want to say... I really feel like not just RPGs, but any game that is over, uh, I'd say like 10 hours long. I really think, <clears throat> excuse me, I really think that uh, games should take the initiative that Dragon Quest XI does and do this, the the as they put it, the story so far, whenever you load your, your save. And so then it like literally brings up, it's like a text dialogue, but it just recaps things that you've done up to the point of where you're at and what you're supposed to go do next. And I love oh, that because it really felt like when I, you know, again, it's been almost two years since I loaded that save up. And with that recap, I instantly was like, Oh yeah, I remember exactly what I'm doing now. Like that reading that recap made all that memories like flood right back into my head. And I was like, yeah, I remember exactly what I did leading up to this point. So that's actually, that's actually really cool. Cause, uh, I think The Witcher 3 kind of did that, but it didn't. It did like, okay, this is the last major thing that happened mm -hmm. um, every time you booted up the game. Um, but may, I, I see what you're saying, but maybe not on every load screen. Maybe maybe there's like a, something in the menu. Okay, what is the story so far? Because if you are playing that game consistently, right, you don't want to see that. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not super long or anything. Um, right. And I agree with you. Like, you know, it could be one of those things where maybe you have in the game's uh, coding that depending on the last time that save was opened, you know, if it passes X number of days, right, then it pops up. Um, but, yeah, I just I just really like that feature because, again, especially for that file, again, almost two years old, if I didn't have that, yeah, in modern day games, I could go to the quest log and be like, okay, what's the next thing I got to do? And that's not that big of a deal, but I might forget like what led me to that point. Like, how did I get to needing to take that quest? And um, having that quick recap that Dragon Quest Eleven does, it it made me go instantly, oh yeah, I remember exactly. And like in my head, I could remember the cutscene that was going on right before I was doing the quest that I'm supposed to do because I just reading it like popped it back into my head. So I really like that. I just wanted to shout that out. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, I hope more developers do things like that, especially for games that are, you know, multiple hours long. You know, the 10, once you get to like, in my opinion, I think it's like once you get to like a 20 hour game, if you potentially like set that game aside for a while, having that 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 story so far recap real thing uh right at the beginning can be a, a godsend for trying to yeah, remember the story 
because how many i think we've all done this where you pick up a game you put it down for a while and when you come back you're like i have no idea what's happening i'm gonna start it over <laughs> yeah or or i think a lot of us have done this too is you get so far and you're like man i don't remember what it is but i've gotten so far i don't want to restart so i'm not going to play right. it anymore and you just yeah. stop stop playing that exactly. game so yeah but but yeah so that's kind of what i've been playing lately and uh we'll see what what comes up of I guess other games that I may play because we're getting to that time of the year where now a bunch of like big name releases are happening and my mind is like, oh yeah, I also want this game and I also want this game. So, um, you know, it's just going to continue to be a problem. So developers, I guess, either find a way to stop the days rolling over so I uh, have time to beat my games or quit releasing games so quickly that I really want, you know. Just make them trash. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, we're going to get into our gaming catalog. Thank you guys all again for tuning in to hear the One More Game podcast. On the gaming catalog today, we got the true reason God of War Ragnarok was delayed, or at least that's kind of what's being alluded to at the moment. Uh, Sony buys a new studio, and Twisted Metal could be on the return, as well as a couple of other stories, but... We're going to get kicking off with our main story, and as I had just said, we're getting the real reason that God of War has been delayed. And this is an article from IGN written by Adam Bankhurst, and I also am pulling up the tweets as I'm speaking. Uh, it is Kratos voice actor Christopher Judge says he is the reason God of War Ragnarok was delayed. And it goes as follows. Christopher Judge, the voice behind Kratos in 2018's God of War and the upcoming sequel, has said that his surgery was the reason that God of War Ragnarok was delayed from its original 2021 release window. Judge shared this story on Twitter following God of War being crowned the champion of IGN's best video game of all time bracket. He quote tweeted a tweet from God of War engineering lead Jeet Shroff that was responding to the victory and he then continued to thank fans and send love to his God of War family. Quote, thank you all to the fans, not just God of War, but to the gaming community, Judge wrote. All of our games have been a lifeline during these difficult times. To my God of War family, I will never be shy about telling you how much I love you all. We will continue to laugh, cry, and be great. And then an hour later passed, and essentially, you know, there was this talk, and all of a sudden, Judge kind of tweeted out, I'm 100% in my feels right now. I need to be forthcoming. This has been approved by no one. To the beloved fandom, Ragnarok was delayed because of me. August 2019, I couldn't walk. Had to have back surgery, both hips replaced, and knee surgery. They waited for me to uh, waited for me to rehab. No threats, no who do you think you are, nothing but love and support. And San San Sony Santa Monica has never said a word about the delay and what caused it. Studios are assholes, but this company from top to bottom should give us hope. Um, what they did for the crew is way more than I could ever talk about, but it, I've said it all, in, all involved. They, it is the classiest thing that I've ever heard about in this business. Everyone involved with the God of War franchise put their heart and souls into every frame you see. I want to thank everyone that has allowed me to play and laugh and love and cry without judgment, but with unconditional support and love in this thing of all of ours. Uh, it goes on to kind of talk a little bit about it. Uh, you know, he also explained that he knew 
went that Corey Barlog was not going to be directing the sequel, um, and that it's going to be Eric Williams. He was told this a while ago before, of course, it came out, and just to ease anyone's minds that might be worried with that judge said eric williams is a motherfucking beast um <laughs> there were some other things that he also said too but let me just ask you isaac especially because again you had on your um top you know favorite games of all time you had god of war on there so first off let me ask you how do you feel about god of war uh winning this best game of all time uh, voting bracket that IGN held and then two about the news that you know it is not delayed for any other reason according to what they're saying other than Christopher Judge saying it was because of him having the surgery and could not record his lines in time um well as far as the list it just you know justifies my pick so it makes me feel good <laughs> and also proves that you're wrong and your opinion of God of War last <laughs> week is just blasphemy but for no, in all seriousness, uh, I mean, it's it's a fan list. It ultimately doesn't matter. There is no best game of all time, in my opinion. That's just that's pure subjective, um, you know, based on the person. There is no objective best game of all time. Mm -hmm. So it's just a, it's just a fun list. So whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it just this looks good on Sony Santa Monica, right? Like, especially in a year where active the whole Activision thing happened. Um, this is good PR for Sony Santa Monica and well, I, and probably Sony in general. Um, we've all had our fair share of, you know, terrible jobs where mm -hmm. they clearly don't care about you. Um, and the fact that they de delayed the, the entire game. Well, you know, this is from, you know, from one source. Who knows if this is true or not, but it could be. And if they delayed the entire game for one guy, you know, that must have cost a lot of money. And it just shows that the commitment they have for Christopher Judge and... This helps. I mean, this helps Sony Santa Monica in the future, right? For not only for like in terms of they ever want Christopher Judge back, but he, like other developers, if they ever need talent, if they're ever hiring, and then you know they're looking for talent, I'm sure this makes it easier for for them to hire the people they want, right? Like developers and voice actors and just anybody involved in game development looks at Sony Santa Monica. Oh, they treat their people right, right? Like I want to go work there. So this helps Sony Santa Monica in the long run. Um, I do think it's weird that he just went out there and said this on Twitter, right? Yeah. Like if he would have if he would have gone to like someone at Sony and asked them, "Yo, can I put this out?" They would have been like, "Hell no! Like don't put that out!" Like <laughs> no, and I'm sure he's gonna get some kind of PR talking to, you know, in the near future. Um, but you know, it worked out for Sony Santa Monica. Obviously, Sony. If he asked it, Sony would have been no. They're not taking that risk. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is just a, a wholesome story. Yeah, I uh, one, you know, uh, I think it's important to say to for Christopher Judge, like I'm, uh, sh you know, shocked and also saddened because of his surgery. Like that's had to have been a very painful and long road of recovery. So I'm hope you know that he's doing well through the whole rehab and all the surgery because again, that's not only just a back surgery, but both hips replaced and a knee surgery. That's, that's, yeah. that's quite a, uh, an undertaking. Um, you know, and then like you said, this is, this is, uh, crazy to think that a, a company like Sony, like PlayStation, I guess, if you want to call it the, cause they're technically a subdivision, um, that they would be willing to delay arguably their, now that uh, you know, Uncharted is kind of on the back burner for right now. Arguably, their their lead 
title. Uh, Their flagship in, title. Yeah, yeah. To delay that all because of one person and not even like it's the director or, you know, the producer or something like that. It's it's just a voice actor. And I, I don't mean that to, to diminish what Christopher Judge does. I'm just saying in general, you could always hire another voice actor. And yes, it doesn't fit, you know, maybe what you had before. But, you know, the director, you know, it's kind of like finding a new talent in a movie. Like you could always, you could always, if you wanted to replace that, that person. But the director is always harder to replace or harder to make a, a stance for. But again... To delay it over Christopher Judge, like that's that's commendable, and as you said, it's great PR. Um, and I'm tr- I was trying to find it. I can't find it right now, but I remember seeing it before. But um, this also is crazy to to think because when God of War got delayed, uh, of course there was a lot of you know backlash. You know, you get the typical people of like getting mad about uh, the the delays and things of that nature. Well, and I, I just finally found it as I'm scrolling is when it got delayed, the God of war director, uh, Corey Barlog, uh, obviously when I say God of war, I mean the, the previous entry since he's not directing the new one, but he said that the delay was on him. You know, originally when there was all the developers were getting these nasty emails, these nasty um, tweets from the people who, of course, you know, get over and above. Corey was like, no, direct all the attention and all the hate to me. Like the sequel got delayed ultimately because of me, because of me not making this decision to um, to to hand the reins off fast enough is that way he had put it. But. Now, again, it even shows more so like how Corey was protecting Christopher Judge, too, if this is true, if Chris Chris is saying is the actual fact of like they didn't want any vitriol coming towards Chris uh, Christopher Judge. It was Corey was just like, all right, I'll take all the heat and and whatever it is to to nullify that from going to the staff. So, like, you know. I also think it is commendable for Corey to go and do those things, you know, go publicly and try to say like, you know, direct any kind of hatred or things to me for you not getting the game when the, you know, it, again, Christopher judge is saying like the game was actually delayed because of him. So I, I thought that was commendable and yeah. um, thing to, to point out as well. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's just great leadership, right? Like if you're the head of the studio and you just, you know, I, everything, you know, you take the, the, uh, like you said, all the heat. Um, but also, you know, again, we've said this multiple times on this blog, we're not game developers. Yeah. So we don't really know how this works. But it, it does seem weird that they can't move forward with the voice actor, right? Like, you know, you you, got, you can render. Oh, actually, you know what? They use his body as well, right? Like they use it for motion capture. Yes. I believe Christopher Judge, yeah. So, okay, that makes more sense. Um but yeah, ultimately, we're we're never gonna really know if this is true or not. I I I'm just gonna choose to believe this is true. And Christopher Jones, is, it was the reason. But um, yeah, like you like you said, great leadership from from Corey Bar- Barlog. Yeah, and I I'm gonna I'm right there with you. Of course, like we will never know exactly if this is the truth because again, Corey said that he he was at fault originally. You know, and there's all the all these decisions that can play a role into the actual decision to delay, but. I also don't think Christopher Judge just goes on on a whim and says like, "Hey, the thing got delayed because of my surgery." If that didn't play at least a a big part oh, yeah, of it, for sure. you know. So, sure. 
So and again, the game's delayed, whatever. Like, okay, it's not the end of the world. It, it'll it'll turn out to be better anyway. Right? Yeah, so like, people, yeah. Relax. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I think it just goes back. It also, uh, before we move on to our next story, it kind of just goes back and harkens to our thoughts that we've said before and just what you said there too. Like when a game gets delayed, like, it, of course, it sucks when a game gets delayed because you get excited and it's just like, oh, now I got to wait even longer. Like, yeah, but you can wait. Like, honestly, it's, it's not... Uh, it is not a demand or, you know, entitlement, I guess, that you get it the day that they said it is. If it needs to be delayed to be a better game, then be delayed. And that's kind of the thing. And, like, you shouldn't also direct hatred or anything towards people when a delay happens. Because delays can come from all sorts of angles and obstacles and tragedies that could lead to a delay that you don't even know about. So, um, yeah, I, I just, again, when a game gets delayed, quit spreading hate, people. All right, going to our next story. This one is actually so. I I put this second because in in a normal setting, this may be a really big story, um, and it is still a big story. But it's one of those that we all knew was coming. We were just waiting for it to happen, and that is Sony has acquired Blue Point Games, the studio behind a number of its incredible remasters and remakes. This is an article that's coming from The Verge by Sean Hollister. And it goes as follow. Some of the very best games on PlayStation 5 so far are old titles made new. So it's fitting that Sony is officially acquiring Blue Point Games, the acclaimed studio that specializes in remasters. It's the team that brought us the Demon Souls and Shadow of Colossus remakes, as well as the fa- fantastic remasters of the first three Uncharted games, the cult classic Gravity Rush, and both the Metal Gear Solid HD collection and the Ico and Shadow of the Colossus collection for the previous gen consoles. Blue Point was also behind the excellent, excellent 2013 port of Flower to the PS4 as well. Uh, that's not the only reason Sony Blue Point buy isn't surprising, though. As I had said, uh, the company had actually had this leaked back in. In June, when it bought uh, Returnal developer Housemark, but it was accidentally uploaded. Uh, it was Sony Japan had uploaded an image that showed Blue Point as part of the acquisition on accident, uh, which got a lot of people, uh, of course, wondering. It ended up getting quietly deleted, and no uh, context was ever given. So all of us kind of was like. All right, when is this happening? Well, that happening uh, finally came. Uh, Well, perhaps, of course, this is still coming from the article. Perhaps we'll see remasters and remakes more often with Sony's additional resources, but the studio is also going to create its own game, according to a statement given to IGN. Quote, our next project we're working on, sorry, quote, our next project, we're working on original content right now. We can't talk about what that is, but that's the next step in the evolution for us, end quote. Uh, Sony's been, of course, under pressure to show more killer content on the PS5 uh, when it comes to what their first-party titles are outside of Ratchet & Clank that is released this year because a number of games have been delayed, like God of War, Gran Turismo, and Horizon Forbidden West, which were all supposed to release in 2021, but, of course, have now been pushed back. Um, and there's a couple other things, and also just to kind of mention, too, because this... Uh, happened earlier in the week as well uh they have also purchased uh the studio fire sprite um fire sprite was the developers behind the playroom and the playroom vr uh and they also purchased and i cannot remember the name of the other company but it was a company that worked with fire sprite that is now going to be part of fire sprite i don't remember exactly what the name of that company is but isaac what do you think of the acquisition and i have to ask you this what do you think about the statement that their next 
project is an original content and not the long rumored Metal Gear Solid remake. All right, before I get into that, let me ask you something. The person who put out that that image of, of Bluepoint being bought by Sony, yeah. does, do they still have a job? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Probably not. I feel <laughs> like I feel they do, but it, they definitely got some yeah. They got a write-up you know, for sure. They they definitely got that write-up, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean I'm happy for Bluepoint. They're a great studio, you know, they're the best at remaster. That is their bread and butter. Um, you mentioned all those games. Those, those are all. I, I don't think they've had a bad remaster, right? Like it comes out and people are like, "Oh, this is bad." No, I think the, they're the best at, at at making remasters and not like remakes, like you mentioned, like Demon Souls. Um, but I, I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever said on this podcast, but in a group of friends, I've always said like, "Oh, I, I wish Blue Point would do something, you know, original." So mm-hmm. I'm I'm super excited to see um, what they do. Um, my favorite genre is first-person shooter, so I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there and make a first-person shooter blue point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is great. This is great for them. Um, it, this is – so let me ask you, do you think Sony is buying up studios now just because they feel pressure from Xbox, from Microsoft? Because before Insomniac in 2000 – when they bought in 2019, the uh, last studio they had okay. bought was Sucker Punch in 2011. So had mm-hmm. it been eight years since they bought any studio – and now within the last two years, you know, they've picked up numerous studios. Um, Insomniac obviously being the biggest one. So do you think they're feeling pressure from Microsoft? Uh, I mean, of, of course, I think they're feeling pressure. Um, do I think that do I think that this is direct directly from that pressure? Like, obviously, I think you're alluding to it. You know, you're talking about the Bethesda acquisition. You know, they get so many right. of these studios. Is this what's leading them to purchasing, you know, so many studios more frequently or more um, recently, I guess I should say. I I will have to say, I think I think 80% of that is yes, that is, that is the case. Right. But I will say the reason why some of these studio acquisitions don't, aren't surprising, I guess, is just because of how closely they've worked in the past together um and it's probably one of those things that i think it's a lot of studios always go through too is does a studio want to remain independent and be able to kind of make games wherever they want to want to or does a studio want to get bought out by an entity like playstation obviously in similar situations like xbox where there is more cash flow to uh, sustain them to allow them to do um either more creative things or just try something that they haven't done before and i think that blue point kind of maybe got to that point that they had been doing so much with playstation already um you know of course they listed it here but you know the the demon souls remake the shadow of colossus remake and the the numerous other uh entries that they made for the playstation that i think it's just one of those things where for blue point or for Sony, I guess it was like, well, Blue Point's already done a number of things for us, and we know that their quality is top notch. Let's just go ahead and make it official. May you know, bring them yeah. into the PlayStation family. Uh, you know, again, Housemark is similar, similar in nature with the yeah. the entries that they did with PlayStation, and I think it was just one of those. Again, Returnal was kind of that that tipping point of you know what, you guys just continue to knock it out of the park. Let's just make it official, bring you into the family. Um, I I know like for uh for 
um, fire uh, fire sprite like that one again that one was a little weird but it's a smaller studio and at right. the same time it's it is another studio that they've worked with um in the past and then that studio that they just bought that they're folding into fire sprite was basically a studio that fire sprite worked with consistently all the time so it kind of made sense to fold them in together I just wonder, because it's the way that it sounds, I mean, Herman Holst has said that this is not the, the last time that they're they're doing something like that, uh, that they that there could be more studio acquisitions or more studios um, uh, in the PlayStation family uh, come in the future. And I don't remember exactly how he worded it, but I know, like, you know, some people said, and I, I feel the same way, too, is, you know, it's it's fine and dandy to to acquire studios. Um, I'm I will admit I don't like I don't like when in all honesty when PlayStation buys a studio and I don't like when Xbox buys a studio or Microsoft I should say um, and I also don't like when Nintendo buys the studio just because of course that always means those games likely are not coming to any other console besides those and I just you know I I prefer. I prefer to play my games on PlayStation uh, because I just love the trophy system and things of that nature. Um, and of course, there are certain games that I like to play on Nintendo. I'm still getting used to the fact that I own an Xbox now, but I still just am not a huge fan of playing my games on there. But it's also, I like when I have the choice of, do I want to buy the PlayStation version? Do I want to buy the PC version, the Xbox, right. the Nintendo? Um, so I'm not a huge fan of those, but... What I want to see instead of them buying studios is why not make a new studio? You know, if you you can still find the talent to create a new studio and bring something out that is is new, and you can still partner with these other studios, these you know, um, these uh, second party, even though people don't like that term anymore, but second party studios, you can still partner with them and make something happen. Um, but I just want to see, in in a sense, I want to see a brand new studio versus studio acquisitions and i want the same for xbox too well xbox did that with the initiative right that was a whole brand new yeah i, I i'm saying that I, i'm just saying that in general like as we move Did forward yeah as we move forward instead of doing all these studio purchases and stuff i want i would still like to to see studios be able to be independent um or you know be in a a third party um setting but like i want to see more when it when it is like i guess a studio announcement it's a new studio is what i'm saying okay yeah i get you yeah but um so, but yeah but real quick though cuz i know you talked about of course you wanted to see a new ip from blue point and i want to see what blue point does when they're creating a new ip too but uh in a sense do you feel that 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 this does squash the rumor or does this just mean that metal gear solid remake is further down the line than what people are thinking man how long have we heard this rumor for oh i, I don't, don't even I don't know, know man. i don't even know it's real anymore i don't think konami wasn't playing nice with anybody for a while there um so if it is real it's probably a more recent thing it seems like they're now they're trying to get back into making games right um so it, it, if it was if it's real, then I think they're just starting on it maybe over the last year and it's and it's a ways out. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh you know, of course I continue to still see people saying 
on Twitter. I don't know. I don't know if they're, uh, I guess, believable. I've never like followed their content, but I still see that some people are saying that that Metal Gear Solid remake is still there and still being made. But I, I think if if Blue Point is to be is to be believed, because we all know PR spins, they're always going to try to downplay any kind of project that they're not working on, uh, or that they are working on until they go to announce it. Um, if it is to be believed that Blue Point's next entry is going to be an original IP, then that just means that if Metal Gear Solid remake is actually there, that is not coming out till like 2026. <laughs> it's coming it's out. A ways it's, down it's, down way, it's ways down the line, but. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, but yeah, no, congrats on blue point finally being announced. Uh, we all saw that coming, but, uh, you know what? Still good to finally have it officially announced. You know, one thing that I really hope gets officially announced at some point, cause I'm really tired of hearing the rumor, but cause it just keeps, you know, um, I guess messing with my, my childhood, my childhood loves, uh, is a twisted metal revival. And we have a new article coming out from video game Chronicles. This is Andy Robinson and it goes as follows sources. Destruction All-Star Studio Lucid is handed the Twisted Metal Revival. The story goes as follows. Uh, PlayStation has handed its Twisted Metal series revival to Destruction All-Star's developer Lucid Games, sources have told VGC. According to the sources, the new car combat installment, which by release will be the series' first in over a decade, has started early development at the Liverpool UK-based studio. One person with knowledge of Lucid's plans suggests that the revival would be built around a free-to-play model, partly in response to Destruction All-Stars' last-minute transition from a premium game to a PlayStation Plus title. The release is planned to coincide with the upcoming TV series that is supposed to release in 2023. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment went on record this year that it intends to increase its foothold in the live service games market, and a free-to-play entry is one of its classic multiplayer franchises would match with these ambitions. Now, just for those who maybe don't remember Destruction All-Stars, which I will admit, that's a game that I actually really liked. However, it released earlier this year, back in February, to highly critical reviews, um, which, of course, it was not very... Uh, it, it got panned a lot, I guess I should say. Uh, and it was originally planned as a full-price PS5 launch game until Sony delayed it uh, by three months, made it a PlayStation Plus title, and is now being sold for $20. Despite its PS Plus launch, Destruction All-Star struggled to find an audience, and its developers even added AI-controlled drivers to the game to help players find matches when there weren't enough opponents online. But despite the poor reception, Lucid has a long pedigree in the racing genre and is trusted to do a good job with Twisted, Twisted Metal, according to the sources. The British studio was formed by veterans of the now-closed developer Bizarre Creations, which created the hit project Gotham's Racing Series, and more recently, Lucid it worked on need for speed entries like payback and hot pursuit remastered and as well as the car combat game switchblade uh isaac first off were you a twisted metal fan and two what do you think about a free-to-play twisted metal possibly coming from lucid games i love twisted metal as a kid i didn't have a playstation but my cousin had a playstation and every time i went to his house we played twisted metal it was i love i love like the the IP Twisted Metal, yeah. But uh, this sounds like a cash grab to me. Uh, to tie it in with the movies, is it a movie or a show? Uh, it's a TV show, if I remember. Correctly. Okay, so so one, they're tying it to a TV show. This just sounds kind of poorly planned because you already, like you mentioned, Destruction of All Stars is a thing. 
I didn't know how it was received until I looked it up earlier. And like you said, it, it was it was pretty. The reception was pretty critical. Um, so it seems kind of poorly planned because and like a money grab because you already have a you know car destruction battle type of game, and then you follow it didn't do well, and you follow it up with another one. Now, granted, it is you know a known IP in Twisted Metal, um, and also on top of that, it's a games as a service, and you know inherently games as a service doesn't mean it's going to be a bad. But to me, this one hundred—it just seems like a cash grab. Um, I'm—I'm—I don't even want to say I'm cautiously optimistic because I just—I <laughs> feel like this is just gonna be bad altogether. Uh, so I don't know. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Twisted Metal's good. I—I I, I, like I said, I loved the franchise as a kid. Um, so bringing back Twisted Metal, and you know, I can imagine you know us playing like you say you like this. So playing online would be super fun. But uh, this just doesn't—it smells. It just smells like a poorly planned cash grab to me. I'm going to tell you right now, you are wrong. Um, and that's just because <laughs> Twisted Metal is going to be great regardless. All right. That's okay. you do not. You did not tell me that my Twisted Metal is not going to be great. Um, but no, I do actually think, though, that you um, or that comparing what Destruction All-Stars did to what Twisted Metal could do is not is like comparing i guess apples to oranges type of thing where it's like yeah it's a fruit but they're different um because destruction all-stars i think what a lot of people had too which was the problem is the game was again supposed to be this premium entry um but the problem was is that there wasn't a whole lot of content so to speak in the game so it made sense to make that switch to a cheaper model and i still think twenty dollars um you know I think that if they want to keep that fan base going, it would have been better to just go straight to free to play and then just pivot and make like battle passes to, to market uh, like money back into it. Because that's the problem is that yes, once you finish the game, it was great, you know, fine and stuff. And I really enjoyed it. But um, again, there wasn't a whole lot of content to grab in the game. Uh, and two, a lot of people wanted it to be like, uh, Twisted Metal, myself included. But the game is more of just like a destruction derby game. And that's kind of the problem. There is no like combat. There is no shooting of things at your opponents to destroy their cars and stuff. It's literally just race around, crash cars, and if your car gets crashed, quickly hop out, run into another vehicle, and start driving again. So that's where I think like I understand what you're saying. Like they have Destruction All-Stars, but I Twisted Metal will... I guess give them more flexibility and creativity in the game to add some craziness and things that will make it, um, I guess, last longer in people's eyes. And like for myself, I think what like you also talked about, uh, Twisted Metal is a known IP, and especially for people who grew up on it, uh, it's a beloved IP. So I think. Even there, you at least grab the attention of the casual person who goes, yeah, I remember playing Twisted Metal as a kid, and I love that thing. Let me check it out. Oh, and it's free to play? Cool. I can jump in, see if I like it, and if I like it, I'll spend you know, the $10, $15, whatever it is for like a battle pass or whatever. Um, because we all know everyone loves to look fancy, and those games that put some cool concepts and designs for your cars, man, people just eat that shit up um so like i'm i'm really looking forward to it uh the one thing i will agree with you though is trying to coincide it with the tv launch 
makes me nervous, especially when they use the line of that it is in early development because 2023 is not far away. And so if it's an early development, and we've heard this before, sometimes early development usually means like a four-year plan. Right. So how how early are we talking is my my biggest concern when Again, i hear we're not that. we're not game developers we're not game developers we don't really know but yeah it's just it to me it sounds like crap like how many how many good tie-in games have we had well i don't i don't, like I, I don't keep in mind i don't think it's tying into the series is they just want to launch it with the series okay yeah i think they t- i think it's a tie-in but whatever no the I way that the way that they're, they're just it's planned to coincide with the upcoming TV series. Okay. That just means like they're going to launch the series and then they're going to launch the game too. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry, Jeremy, but I think this is going to be bad. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I just, I just like that. I do have to ask you real quick. What's your favorite Twisted Metal? I only played the first one. God, you suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I told you I didn't have a PlayStation. You, man. you know what you need to do? You need to go emulate, um, Twisted Metal Black. God, that game is amazing. I loved all of them. I got uh, Twisted Metal uh, 2 was, I think, my first jump into it with Axel. Um, and then, like, I went to play uh, Twisted Metal 1. And then Twisted Metal 3 with Calypso was uh, great. But, man, Twisted Metal Black was that perfect mix of dark, edgy storytelling with the awesome combat and stuff. Mm, chef's kiss, man. There was story in those games. I just went to my. Oh yeah, we just blew each other up. Oh That's yeah, Twisted Twisted Metal has has some stories <laughs> and stuff, but Twisted Metal Black, man. When we're I'm done with this podcast, man, I'm gonna send you a clip of like one of the stories, and oh my god, Twisted Metal Black was was the was that was that thing, man, was that thing, and okay. and also I gotta say real quick, having. Rolling Stones paint it black as the the lead title of that song and you like turn it on and you start hearing that play it's like oh man we're we're in for some some good shit. <laughs> All right, anyway, uh let's hit up our next story. This is kind of a a big PlayStation dominated podcast, but there's just been a lot of uh PlayStation news I guess over the last week. So this one is actually uh, going off of Insomniac, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, They had announced Spider-Man 2 back at the PlayStation uh, Summer Showcase that happened uh, beginning of September, if I remember correctly. And in this, this is an article from IGN by Jared Moore, and it says Spider-Man 2 will be darker than Insomniac's last two Spidey games. So it goes as follows. Marvel has said that Insomniac Spider-Man 2 will present fans with a, quote, darker, end quote follow up to its previous two installments comparing the game's tone to the empire strikes back speaking on a recent episode of the this week in marvel podcast creative vice president of marvel entertainment bill roseman gave fans a brief insight into what they can expect from spider-man 2 quote goes as follows if the first spider-man game was star wars spider-man 2 is kind of our empire roman said it quote it gets a little darker uh it Sorry, this is a weird way that they wrote this quote. Okay, it gets a little darker. Now it goes to the next part of the story. Insomniac's first Spidey adventure did well to set up fans with the studio's take on Peter Parker by exploring elements of the character's superhero's secret identity and relationships without leaning too far too early into some of Spidey's grittier storylines. 
Similarly, the studio's release of Spider-Man Miles Morales gave fans a story exploring a teenage Miles establishing himself and finding his rhythm as a superhero while Peter Parker was out of the picture taking annual leave. Um, let me ask you, Isaac. I remember you telling me you were a fan of Spider-Man, if, if I do remember correctly. Um, what do you think about Spider-Man 2 going into this more darker storyline? Well, to me, Spider-Man's never really been dark, right? It's just, it's just, you know, he's, it's more, I don't even know what to compare it to. It's more of a comedy, I guess, because, you know, Spider-Man's always beating people up and making, you know, like witty lines or whatever. You gotta read the uh, comics, then. Oh, okay. I, no, no, I'm not a comic person. I watch the TV shows, <laughs> the animated shows, and the movies. Um, so hearing that it's a darker tone, I kind of, you know, scratching my head, but it's Insomniac, so I'm trusting them um they're one of the best developers but the thing that i kind of threw me off they compared it to empire and to me empire means a very specific thing and it's almost like a spoiler to me right like you know the empire the bad guys win at the end so them throwing that making that comparison kind of um made me think that's gonna happen and and then in kind of making me think that there's a third game coming i mean it's spider-man of course there's gonna be more games mm -hmm. but um comparing it to empire was was weird um, but I would have thought the darker tone was would have been safe for the Wolverine game. To me, Wolverine is more darker. Again, I'm not a comic book guy. I just watch the movies. I'm sure. I'm sure Wolverine will be darker. But uh, yeah, I mean, some people ask questions about uh, Wolverine too on that podcast. But and I'm trying to quickly skim it. But basically, he was very tight lipped on uh anything with wolverine oh yeah he said quote we will eventually reveal when wolverine is aimed to launch for more go back and study those trailers they are packed with details and easter eggs that's all he said when it comes to wolverine yeah um but yeah no i i will for full disclosure i'm not a comic book reader either so like i don't know like the full extent of it but i did have friends who were comic book readers and you know the I, I get I'm gonna tell you guys spoiler alert real quick but at the same time like this hat ha came out when I was a kid so like I feel like if you knew by now you know by now but like in one of the comic books like Peter Parker Spider-Man gets shot and, and dies and I didn't know that my friend who was reading the comic book was wow. like oh man like Spider-Man got shot and killed and I like was like what <laughs> so you know, like the comic books are darker, I guess, than like the shows because because the shows are supposed to be more kid friendly and of course get right. you to tune in week to week. But uh, so to me, when I read this 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 darker tone, I was like, okay, it sounds like they're gonna lean more into some of those comic book storylines. Um, and I also, I'm fully admit, I love darker uh, stories, so I'm really looking forward to see what comes of it. Um, Obviously, it's been through the trailer, like you kind of get the idea that Venom is going to be playing a part in this story. So you kind of already get an idea that there's going to be a darker story because of that. But real quick, what's up real quick? You didn't play the first Spider-Man game, did you? Yeah, no, I did. I, I haven't yeah. played Miles Morales, but I bought the Miles Morales uh, deluxe edition that came with the the PS5 Spider-Man. So like I played that and I just haven't played Miles Morales yet. Um. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed the first, the the Spider Man. Now that I played it, but I uh, got to play that Miles Morales. Right. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. I'm right. I did not think about the way that you said though when he kind of alludes to Empire Strikes Back. What that could also mean. And, well, there you uh, go. 
I just spoiled Spider-Man 2 for everybody. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, you literally, you should have said spoiler win. alert right away, jerk. Venom will win. <laughs> Venom will win. <laughs> All right, so we'll go to our final uh, story. And this is more of a, like, just kind of your opinion. But um, this is a blog post from Night School Studio saying, we are joining the Netflix team. As of today, Night School Studio is joining the Netflix team. Uh, over the last few months, we've had countless thoughts, chats about our thoughtful chats, excuse me, about our respective visions for where we see games, storytelling, and our collective opportunity for positive impact somewhere in the middle. Night School wants to stretch our narrative and design aspirations across distinctive original games with heart. Netflix gives film, TV, and now game makers an unprecedented unprecedented canvas to create deliver excellent entertainment to millions of people our explorations in narrative gameplay and netflix's track record of supporting diverse storytellers was such a natural pairing it felt like both teams came to this conclusion instinctively uh just for those that don't know uh night school studio is the maker behind oxen free and it can the blog post continues of course it's a real horror to be the first game studio to join or of course, it's a surreal honor to be the first game studio to join Netflix. Not only do we get to keep doing what we do, how we'd like to do it, but we get a front row seat on the biggest biggest entertainment platform in the world. The Netflix team has shown the utmost care for protecting our studio's culture and creative vision. We'll keep making Oxen Free 2. We'll keep cooking up new game worlds. For now, there's a kaleidoscope of butterflies in our team's collective stomachs. Apparently, that's what you call a group of butterflies. Uh, because we truly believe we've got a chance to positively impact the way people discover play share story games with each other let's go that is from sean crankle with night school studio uh isaac what do you think about the first studio that netflix acquires is uh the oxen free developers i think it's cool I, i've never played oxen free but i've heard nothing but good things about that that game so they got a very capable studio um but we've talked about netflix before and we were kind of just you know guessing what they were going to do right because we mm -hmm. talked about how they they had done um you know uh the black mirror bandersnatch movie and how that was an interactive game and i think i said it on here i think that's what they're going to lean more towards when they said they're going to get into game development but this pickup is like no they're, they're going to make more traditional games um which is cool uh i didn't like i said i didn't like too much the bandersnatch thing that they put out but um that now with 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 the studio that they picked up, they they're gonna make more traditional games, and like I said, they got a very capable studio of making a good game. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's actually going to be a blend of what you're saying and the traditional games, because Oxen Free, I think, uh, if you haven't played it, I've played Oxen Free a little bit. I haven't beat it, but it was it was interesting, and of course. Uh, it is, like they say in here, it is a story-driven game. So that seems right. to go right up in line with what Netflix would be wanting to do is, you know, the story-driven uh, narrative aspects. And and I could see Oxen or uh, Night School Studio making a game like Oxen Free again. So, of course, like Oxen Free 2, maybe they make like an Oxen, Oxen Free 3 with Netflix. But I could also see them doing a, like, uh, FMV type title where night school studio still drafts the uh the the story of it but they were they coincide with a netflix owned ip for that fmv so like i don't know i kind of feel like seeing this that i think it's a blend of what you're saying uh it is right. going to be that that kind of story with the the 
more also traditional type of games. And we'll see how it goes moving forward because we already know Netflix but, um, is going into the the mobile aspects of it first with their their games uh, service when they bring it out. You know, right. do is it going to be strictly that way or is it going to eventually we'll get kind of like the Stadia aspect where Netflix may goes, hey, we have our a controller that is like powered for our type of games for the Netflix uh, service. So who knows? Right. I know. think um, I think they're going to be what I imagine is like a telltale game, you know, like Walking mm-hmm. Dead, um, Wolf Among Us. Um, Life is I've never played a Life is Strange game, but is that sort of what Life is Strange is? Like a yeah, game? yeah, kind yeah, of. But it's but it's in Life is Strange because I've only played uh, Tales from the Borderlands, where Telltale kind of is more just your only things that you're really doing is like selecting like options and stuff. Tell or the Life is Strange still has you like walk through environments and and walk through towns and things of that nature so okay so i'm thinking it's going to be somewhere in there because those are all those games are very story driven yeah so that's what i'm imagining it's going to be yeah i could see that well we won't know exactly what it's going to come in from night school studio when they actually make something with netflix outside of oxen free too but what we do know is what is coming out this week and it starts with today Friday, October 1st, FIFA 22 for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Phoenix Point for PS4 and Xbox One. I remember correctly because I deleted it on accident. I think it's Phoenix Point Goliath Edition or something like that. But yeah, it's the console version of Phoenix Point. Uh, Tuesday, October 5th, Alan Wake Remaster for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Hell Let Loose for PS5, Xbox Series. That game is a PS Plus game. Uh, Jet the Far Shore for PS5 and PS4. Lego Marvel Super Heroes for Switch. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, and PC. Uh, BPM Bullets Per Minute for PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, Vagris The Riven Realms for PC. Uh, for Wednesday, October 6th, we have Art of Rally for PS5 and PS4. On Thursday, October 7th, we have Far Cry 6 for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Stadia, PC, and Mac. And then on Friday, October 8th, we have Met- Metroid Dread for Switch, Tetris Effect Connected for Switch, and, I also have it on here, Nintendo Switch OLED releases. Isaac, anything on this list that entices you? I really want that Nickelodeon's All-Star Bra. I know, but... man. I forgot that. I didn't realize it. <laughs> was already coming out me too but are you sure that it's the pc release this along i thought it was um because i'm looking at that on steam and i don't see a date on steam. i'm telling you all as I, I i quit saying it just because of the fact that uh i was being like a broken record this is all according to uh game informer game informer uh video game chronicles uh and um who else do I cite? So video game, it's Game Informer, Video Game Chronicles, VG twenty four seven, and uh, um, Metacritic. It's just these are all listed off of their their sites and the the consoles that they list too. So I don't know if the PC version actually is releasing. Okay, well I hope it does because that's what I'm really looking forward to. A game looks so silly. <laughs> I'm looking forward to again. I was really surprised when I when I went to go put it on here, and I was like, "Wait a minute, this game's already coming out!" Like, I I knew it was coming out sometime this year, but I just didn't realize it was you know 
on Tuesday. Um, okay. I'm I'm looking forward to a lot of these games. Um, Far Cry Six. I'm actually like also forgot that that was coming out already, and so I'm actually really interested in that. I haven't played any Far Cry. Far Cry Six. I uh, sorry for cutting you off. Hold on. That's I don't know why I thought that was coming out next year. Nope. Far Cry Six, October seventh, Thursday. I'll put that on. Put that on my list. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I'm really I've never played a Far Cry, but Far Cry Six really has my attention. So I hope that it comes out to to good reviews. I'm right there with you with Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, uh, the Vagrus game. I added because I I kind of looked it up real quick and I forgot that this game looks cool. It's almost like a mix of um, of Darkest Dungeon, at least like combat wise. It's like Darkest Dungeon with um, the uh what's the what's the the banner saga like it kind of reminded me of that so that one kind of looks cool and then i'm not a huge metroid fan but metroid dread does have my attention so i hope that that ends up turning out to be pretty good because i'll likely pick that up for my switch um at a later time but we'll see again we're getting to that point where i'm starting to be like oh i really want these games i do want to ask you this real quick and i know we're going a little long but i have to ask you this so playstation announced their ps plus games and hell let loose was the entry that they're giving away for the ps5 um in the next month's uh release however they have the exclusive launch for Jet the Far Shore on the same day. Are you a little surprised that they chose to go with Hell Let Loose versus their the a title that they've you know been promoting and stuff for the, as their PlayStation Plus for that month? I didn't know that. I didn't know Hell Let Loose because I don't pay attention. I don't have PlayStation Plus, so I don't pay attention to that. That that is a weird decision. I, I thought that was really weird. When, and I didn't realize it till again, I was putting this list together and I realized right. Jet the Far Shore comes out on the same day. And I was like, wait, why did we get Hell Let Loose? I'm not mad because I think Hell Let Loose looks awesome. I had been planning to pick it up on PC for a while. So now I have it on PS5, which is great. Maybe, right. Maybe just, it's the, the developers of Jet. They didn't want to put it on the PS Plus. Who knows? Yeah, who I'm knows? sure that's a whole business side. Of things again as you as you kept alluding to in this episode we're not video game developers we don't know the decisions that go behind that talk about video games yeah so uh we'll we'll see but i i'm i'm i got my eye on jet the far shore i i think it looks interesting but i don't know if it's a game for me but it'd be a game that i would have obviously had played if it was on my ps plus so we'll see how the reviews come out of it but the show, again, is going long, so Isaac, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we sign off? I know you're not feeling great, but why don't we play in Limited Escape? Dude, uh, I was, I'm hoping after, you know, I uh, take, some, take some tea and kind of, like, relax a little bit, that maybe I'll have some energy that we can play tonight, because I was... I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was like, dude, I, I really like getting sick at this time was not great because I really want to play yeah. Lemon Escape. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad time, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but all right. But yeah, everyone, thank you again so much for tuning into this episode. Hopefully my voice didn't sound too bad and I didn't sound awful for this podcast. But if if I did, I apologize. And thank you for sticking around anyways here on the podcast. I know I tell you guys this all the time and I don't apparently take my own advice, but stay hydrated, stay healthy, stay safe. And as always, keep on gaming. We'll see you guys on the next episode.